All right, good morning. Welcome. So glad you guys are here this morning. We are on week three of 30 Days to Live. We are on week three already of traveling through this sermon series that is uh, looking at the reality of human frailty. Um, Here at Christ Church, we're not afraid of tackling the tough stuff, kind of the hard stuff. And so we have been leaning into the reality that life is something that is short and uh, is to be appreciated, is to be loved and enjoyed. But we also recognize the reality of its frailty. It's based out of a verse that comes from Psalms. Psalm 39.4. You probably have heard this a couple times already, right? Here you go. Psalm 39. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and how fleeting life is. When we take a look at our lives and we, when we step back and we try to get some Christian-based perspective, we recognize that life can be pretty fleeting sometimes. Unexpected tragedy and, and it can strike and, and, and life doesn't always go the way that we planned. And so we step back now and, and look and try to understand, we try to put ourselves in a position to acknowledge the frailty of life and allow that to influence how we live now with the life that we've been given. We've done this by leaning into some stories of some other persons who have experienced life's frailty firsthand. So this morning I'm going to have you, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, we're going to meet Sherry and Lionel, and they are going to, they're going to uh, share with us a bit of who they are and what they have experienced as they came face-to-face with life's Frailty. So why don't you watch the screens and meet them. Prior to a couple of weeks ago, Friday the 3rd, everything was normal. Normal. Worked full time, served at church, had the family. And um, I came home from work in the morning and I thought I had indigestion. I thought I would lay down for a while. I'm the one that's been sick for two, three years and thinking, you know, I always tell Sherry, you know, if anything happens to me now, you take care of this, we do this, you do this with my son, you give this to my son, and then in a heartbeat, she's laying in the hospital and I'm thinking, holy cow, what's going to happen here, you know? So I went and laid down and I got up about three or four times in a couple hours and by the last time that I got up, I couldn't stand up anymore. And I knew something wasn't right, big time. Death never crossed my mind, you know, that she, I was going to lose her. And I was praying to God out loud. I was screaming and I was saying, you know, please take away this pain or take my life. And when he started telling me about that it was, that it, that it, that it was a life-threatening thing, it, it really hit me then, you know, that, 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 uh, that I could have lost her, you know I mean? You know, that, that scared me. Sherry and Lionel had to come face to face with the reality of frailty when all of a sudden something unexpected happened in their lives and, and they were put into that position. The, the person who was interviewing them uh, took, some, it took a great turn at this point in time in the, as he was sitting down with them and he began to explore with them questions about legacy. That's what we're hoping to talk about this morning. That's what I hope to talk to you about is legacy, questions about legacy. How will you be remembered by those that love you, those that will remember you. How, how, what will they say about you? How will you be remembered in your community and in your church? What sort of uh, things and ways have you invested your life now that will carry on into the future? And so the, the interview kind of tries to get at what are some of those questions. And so as you listen to the second part of this video, please listen with it with this kind of this background of legacy 
going on. So keep watching the screens as we keep listening and learning from them. I mean, she could have been gone, and I, what would I have thought? You know, God, man, I was. The TV mattered so much. Give me the remote. I haven't touched that remote since she got home. I, I it's just that's. I don't want it no more. It's hers now. It is. It's hers. We've been watching cooking shows now for uh, six days. I would have never sat through a cooking show in my life. I sit there hour after hour, and I said, you know what? It doesn't matter, Lionel. You're learning something. <laughs> you know, so you get humbled very quickly. I have, I, yesterday, I, I, padded, I padded all the clothes in my closet because I've only been able to wear three things, and this is one of them for the last two weeks. And, and I have clothes in there that still have the price tags on them that at some point really meant a lot to me. And I just patted them all and just touched them and I was like, this is all for nothing. It's all for nothing. This means nothing. These clothes are for nothing. The shoes are for nothing. All your shoes, your shoes, shoes, shoes for nothing. You know, I just, just keep going around looking at it going, it's just all for nothing. The only, the only thing that means anything are the people. It's just the people. I would hope that they would say, you know, my dad was a very spiritual man and, and that he was, he was a good dad because I was an awful dad for 40 years, 30 years, totally lost until I found Jesus just four years ago. I accepted him right here in this, this house here. So me they've seen the change and so that's what I would hope they would see me in that way hopefully it doesn't happen for a long 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 time because actually um, the things that they might say now I'd like to have a chance to change some of that but I want the next 50 years to be able to make an impact through God through the church and to our family to be able to change that to change what he would say now into into something different. I don't even know what that will be, but I know that I want it to be different because I haven't made that impact yet. I haven't made that godly impact, you know, but we're working on it. That's the most important thing in my life, God. It really is. I mean, it, it might sound like a cliche or what people say, you know, I, I, I don't really care, you know. I know that I love God. I love Jesus. I love Him. Everything I do is centered around Him. I, I don't care what it is. I thank Him for everything that I do every day. Every day. Whether it's fishing or catching a fish or not catching a fish. Thank you. It doesn't matter. Thank Him for my family, for my friend, for my church. This church has done, you have no idea what it's done for me. I've been searching for such a long, long time. All of a sudden, the shoes and the TV remote don't seem all that important, do they? I mean, where you spend your time, your energy, and your money. If you, if, if, you, if you invest in all of your time and your resources in your person in collecting shoes, what kind of legacy are you going to leave? You're going to leave a legacy of a bunch of shoes. 
If you sit in front of the TV and you spend all that time and all that energy and you've got the cable and you've got channels that you didn't even know existed, but you got them there, right? Because you spend all that time, energy, and, and you invest in the TV, you are going to leave a legacy. People are going to remember you for what? They're going to remember you as someone who sat in front of the TV. You see, when... What Cheryl and, and Lionel are, are looking at and understanding what they're getting at, it's a basic, simple understanding. It's, it's something that I think we all know. But what you invest in, what you spend your time on, what you spend your money on, what you spend your emotions and what you make decisions about, what you invest in, that is what becomes your legacy. That's what you become remembered for. That's what you had the chance to, to, to pay off into the future and impact the future with. What you invest in now is that which will become your legacy in the future. And so, so I sat down and I've been wrestling. I was watching these videos and I've been thinking about, about these two persons in their story. And I, I found myself asking the question, of what kind of legacy do I want to have? Do I want shoes and TV to be my legacy? No. I don't want that to be my legacy. I don't want that to be the thing that I'm remembered for. I want something bigger and greater, something that lasts, something that really matters. And for those of you who were here last week, Pastor Rob actually identified two things worth investing in. Two specific things that last a lot longer than shoes and TV. Two specific things that, 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 that will last indeed forever and therefore are worth investing our time, our energy, our resources in. The Word of God and the people of God. The Word of God and the people of God. And as I began to wrestle with last week's sermon and wrestling with these stories and looking at myself, asking the question, what kind of legacy do I want to leave? As I began praying and thinking and looking at these things, I began to realize that in my own life, where I invest myself, if that's going to become my legacy, I want to invest myself in these two things that will last. I want to invest in the Word of God. And I want to invest in the people of God. And what's amazing is that, is that I find that when I look back in my own life and when I look at the lives of others who have already invested in these things, I notice that when you invest in the Word of God, when you get into the Word of God and you put your time and your energy and your resources into what God has spoken to you and over you, when you invest in the Word of God, it is going to drive you to impact and love and care for the people of God. And so the two are connected. So, I, so I'm sitting here thinking, I need to invest. I want to invest my life in the Word of God, knowing that it is going to drive me to the people of God. Where the Word of God reigns over the people of God, there you have the kingdom of God. Where the Word of God reigns over the people of God, there you have the kingdom of God. You should go get that tattooed, okay? Put that on a bumper sticker and bring it to me because I will buy it. Because <laughs> it's true, where the Word of God 
reigns over the people of God. There you have the kingdom of God. And God says that His kingdom will last forever. So I want to be the kind of person who's going to invest my time that I've been given this, this, this fleeting life, this short life, in the things that matter, like the Word of God. So this morning, I want, to, I want to dig into that. I want to get out what is the Word of God? What does it look like to invest yourself in God's Word and, and what He said and what He's spoken? And so to do that, these are, I mean, this is kind of the idea. This is this morning. What is the Word of God? How do I invest in it? How do I, how do I pour myself into it and, and really engage with it so that the Word of God becomes a part of my legacy, that my legacy is not based on things of this world? My legacy is not something that's going to fade away or break apart. Heck, we won't even have TV probably 50 years from now, right? I mean, those haven't been around that long. I don't want to invest in something short-term. I want to invest in something long-term like the Word of God, something that's really going to last. So, first off, what is the Word of God? You know, when we talk about the Word of God, you get all sorts of ideas that probably come to your mind. If you're not a Christian and you've bumped into a Christian, you've probably heard that phrase, the Word of God, right? You see it all the time, you hear it all the time. And, and, and when we talk about the Word of God, when you talk with me about the Word of God, I understand the Word of God to be three distinct things. And these are the things that I am going to choose to invest my life in. I'm choosing to invest in. And I want to leave the invitation open for you to do the same. If you find this worthwhile, if you believe this, if you engage with this, these are, these are three, three ways that you can engage with the Word of God and invest. The Word of God comes to us in three particulars. The first one is this, the spoken Word. So what happens is that God came to people, right? God created the earth and he created people and he began to be in relationship with people. And through that relationship, he spoke to them. He like interacted with people throughout time. There's been amazing stories where people are doing life and God shows up and starts to talk to them. And he speaks to them. And he gets invested and in, involved in their lives. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. God is a part of my life. Look at what he's doing. Look at what he's told me. And all of a sudden, you start to cobble together, together a bunch of these examples of people who have interacted with God. I'll give you an example. Abraham. You ever heard of Abraham before? Okay, God shows up to Abraham and like speaks to him. He starts talking to him. And so Abraham tells his kids, gosh, kids, guess what? God's spoken to me. God's got a promise for me and a future for me, and I'm going to believe and invest in his word. I'm going to trust him, and I'm going to live into it. And all of a sudden, you get Moses. Do you remember Moses? You heard Moses before? Well, God comes to Moses and speaks to Moses, and he speaks to the larger community. And all of a sudden, God's words that he has spoken to people start to get more and more that we ended up writing them down. You see... We ended up, as a Christians, our tradition, our faith tradition, is where the, the, there were so many words from God that we needed to remember, we decided to write them down long ago to get a, a firm record because we wanted to invest, our, our faith ancestors wanted to invest in God's Word and not lose it. So they began to write it. And eventually they, they, they brought all these writings together. And it formed the Bible. You ever hear the Bible called the Word of God before? You ever hear that? Sometimes you hear that? I was joking with Pastor Bob. You know, when we watch late night 
television, most people are watching like, you know, HBO and shows and stuff. We watch like televangelists and sit around, drink beer and watch televangelists. And that's like what we do as pastors, right? And, and whenever I watch these late night televangelists, they always hold their Bible up and they wave it around, they wiggle it like this and they say, the word of God. It's like, how many syllables can you put in word, right? The word of God, right? But they're always holding the Bible because the Bible is what they use in their, in their vernacular, in their language. The Bible is the word of God. This is where God's spoken word, the things that he has spoken to people throughout time, has been recorded and placed into these pages. And they've been then brought together. And so this is the word of God. This is the written word of God. And so when I ask myself, how, how can I invest in the word of God if this is something that's going to last for forever? Well, boy, I should probably, like, read it. <laughs> I should, like, get into this thing. I should, like, dust it off, right? Open it up. Start to read it. I started reading my Bible when I was a freshman in, in high school. Uh, we had study hall. Do you guys, did you guys have study halls growing up? Maybe some, yes, no. But, but, but study hall was this time where everybody was supposed to do their homework, right? Well, I would race in class to get my homework done. I'd like sit in the back doing the math problems while the teacher's teaching. I was that guy. I was totally that guy. Because I wanted, when I got to study hall, to be free to invest in the written word of God. And I began reading this, and it's just changed my life. It continues to do so over and over and over. You know, when I sat down and I first sat down and started reading the Bible, I opened it up, and I have, like, my highlighters and my notebook, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to work on the Bible, and I'm going to get to know the Bible. And the more that I, I, I sat and read and listened to God's spoken word and what, 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 what historical accounts there are of what God's done, I realized the Bible was going to work on me more than I was going to work on it. <laughs> I show up with my highlighters like, let's get to work on the Bible. The Bible went to work on me, changing me, influencing me, speaking into my life. I found that by investing in the Word of God, I actually ended up receiving dividends early. <laughs> I began to know and understand who God was and what he has spoken to his people throughout time when I sat and I read the Bible. Because throughout time, God has been saying things to you, to me, to people. He's been speaking words. He's even done it through people. You've, you might have heard of like prophets before. A uh, prophet is someone who God uses, a person that God speaks to, and then God speaks through. Someone God speaks to, and then God speaks through them. And there's one particular prophet in here. His name is Jeremiah. And here you go. Here's a verse from when he all of a sudden experienced God speaking to him and through him his own, God's own words. It says this in Jeremiah 1. Then the Lord put out his hand and he touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, now I have put my words in your mouth. I, I, have, I have brought my word to my people. Hear it, know it, study it, enjoy it, because I'm speaking through you, Jeremiah, into the world. And so the people that were around Jeremiah at the time, he like gathered some people around and they wrote down what he said because God was speaking to him and through him. And all of a sudden you have the book of Jeremiah. 
God's words, spoken and now written, is something that we can invest in. Our time, our energy. We can sit down and get to know this and learn it, study it. In fact, that's what you're doing with me right now. When you show up to church on Sunday, you are investing in the Word of God. And we as a faith community, as we study the Bible together, that's what we're doing. Investing ourselves and our lives in the Word of God. And the reason that we, 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 we stick so close to this, the reason that we hold so, tot- so tightly to the Bible, is that this is our sacred writing. This is, this is what we know and understand that God has spoken. Uh, His words are in here. Sacred writings, if you're not a Christian, sacred writings are in a bunch of different faiths. Uh, but this is what we turn to as our sacred writings. And the Bible itself refers to itself as a sacred writing. Check it out in Second Timothy. It says, uh, this is a gentleman named Paul who's writing to someone. He says, now, uh, and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings. And what did these sacred writings do? What, what are they for? Well, they're able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. The more that you invest yourself... The more that we as a community invest ourselves in the, in the written and spoken word of God, we actually find ourselves being driven to know Jesus Christ. And what's amazing about this, when you get into the Bible, you discover Jesus there speaking to you and alive in our world. You begin to find out that the Bible itself actually refers to Jesus as the living word. We have the spoken word that was written down. And then you have the living word, the embodiment of the word. You see, when Jesus came to earth, God didn't need to speak in him or through him. He's God. So when he shows up and he speaks, it just happens, people. (laughs) Jesus shows up and he says, I love you. I forgive you. Guess what? It just happened. He says, I heal you. Guess what happens to the guy who he says, I heal you to? He, of course, is, yeah, he's healed. Because, because Jesus is the living, he is the living word of God. And the Bible describes it. It says it this way. It, it, it speaks to Jesus as the living word. It says it in First uh, John chapter 1. You might have heard this before. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And the word became flesh. God's word and what he was doing and what he was saying and and what he wanted to communicate, what he was trying to speak to you, became wrapped in a human being, Jesus Christ. The word became flesh, lived among us. We've seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the living word of God. So when you talk about investing your life in the Word of God, it's investing yourself in Jesus. Turning to Him with your thoughts and your decisions, with your time and your energy. Turning to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I want to know you. I want to be your servant. Please teach me, uh, save me, encourage me, speak into my life. Be the Word that I need, Jesus. Because I'm choosing to turn all that I have over to you. I am investing in Jesus Christ as Lord of my life. 
Not shoes. Not TV. And I'm not saying shoes are bad. I probably have more shoes than a guy is supposed to have. I got a whole bunch of shoes. Or TV. But something that lasts is the eternal Jesus Christ, the living God, the living Word. And I want to invest in Him so that my legacy, my legacy is attached to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the living Word. And when you spend time with your thoughts and your emotions and your energy and your resources and your finances around Jesus Christ and you pour into Jesus Christ, He will pour back into you. And when you do that, you can't help but talk to people about Him. Have you ever had that where, where, where you hear the gospel and you really get to know something? How many of you, hopefully this is the case, you hear something good at a church that really means something to you, and you can't help but share it with somebody. You talk to others about it. That's the last and final word. It is the proclaimed word. It is the proclaimed word. You see, as you study the Bible, it's going gonna, it's gonna to speak to you and drive you to Jesus. And when you get to know Jesus, man, life changes, and all of a sudden you can't help but start talking about the guy. And you start telling other people about what God is doing in your life and what God is doing in this world and what God has said. And so all of a sudden you, God is speaking in and through you to other people. You carry the proclaimed word. And this is what's happened throughout history. Jesus came and he he began teaching and preaching and telling his disciples, look, God is here. I am here. I love you. God loves you. I'm going to rescue you. I'm about you and your life. Now go and tell others. And so they began to tell other people. And eventually, eventually the legacy that was created is the living word passed all the way down through the generations to you and me. Because the disciples, because Jesus poured into the disciples the living word and the disciples then proclaimed the word, They invested in the Word. And as a result, you and I now inherit their legacy. You know the Word. You have access to this. You you know that, that Jesus Christ died upon a cross that you might live. And that God wants to be a part of your life. And He doesn't want to be distant. He is close. He cares about you. He forgives you. And the reason that you and I can celebrate that today is because, because people invested in the Word. In the written Word, the spoken and written Word, they wrote it down, they kept it safe, and they passed it on. And, and Jesus came, and, and He poured Himself out to people, the living Word And it made such a difference in in this world that people started to preach and teach others about it. So that now you and I, we get to experience the Word. You see, here's some good examples. I shouldn't skip past it. It's too good. Uh, Luke 5, here you have Jesus 
talking about gathering people and, and talking about the word. Uh, once while Jesus was standing beside the lake, uh, the lake, I'm not even going to try, the lake of G something, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear what? The word of God. Right? So Jesus is hanging out and he's talking about what God is doing in this world and that he is here and he's teaching and preaching to people. I mean, this translates into our lives. You want to know how to invest in the, in the proclaimed word? Start talking about Jesus with people. I mean, when you go home and you sit with your spouse, don't talk about the weather. Yes, it's nice out. Okay, move on. Talk about something that's meaningful here, that lasts. Ask your spouse, how's God working in your life today? What, what, how's, how's, how, what, what did you see Jesus up to today in this world? Honey, I am so grateful for you. Do you know that God loves you and that God forgives you and I love you and I forgive you and I'm just so grateful that God has placed you in my life? Speak those words. Proclaim those words. That's how you invest in the proclaimed word, by speaking to other people. Here you go, 1 Thessalonians. Paul, the Apostle Paul, um, invested in the word. And, and, and as a result, he, he actually ended up doing a whole lot of things. He, he, God did speak to him and through him. And so a lot of our Bible is based on the Apostle Paul, it's his writings. Uh, because he had a real experience with the living Jesus Christ, the living word. And, and then he went and spent his, the rest of his life investing in proclaiming the word to others, to this little church in Thessalonica in Greece. Here's what he says to them. We constantly give thanks to God for this, that when you receive the word of God, that God is in the world, and this is what God wants you to know, that when you receive the word of God, you heard from us, you accepted it not as human words, not as something boring, not as something lame, not just the weather, not just sports, not just this. You accepted it as something that can change your life, as the real living word. You accepted it as what it really is, God's word. So, so when, when, you, when you identify these three pieces, that God's word, you are invited to invest in. You're invited to invest in the written word, the spoken word that's been written down. You're invited to invest in Jesus Christ. And you're invited to invest in proclaiming this word to others. How do you do that? Well, you just you, you put your time, your energy, your resources towards it. You turn your emotions, your decisions over to Jesus. Who you are. You don't sit, when you have the choice to invest in the TV or invest in your daily devotions, please consider doing the daily devotions. Because that's what it means to invest in the Word. What you invest in becomes your legacy. So when you invest your time, your energy, and your decisions, invest it in the Word. You know, people... People invested literally their whole life to such a degree that they gave up their life investing in the Word. We call them martyrs. Have you heard of a martyr before? You've heard of a martyr before? Someone who actually gave up their life investing it in the Word. So when you get to the question of legacy, as I began to get to the question of legacy, I'll just share out of my own heart and my own life. I want to be someone I want to be someone who's investing my time and my resources in the Word of God. I'm going to take the time to study it. I'm going to take the time to be with you on Sunday mornings. 
I'm, I'm going to pour myself into Jesus and turn my decisions and thoughts over to him. And I'm going to tell other people about him because that's what I want for my legacy. Because I know that's something worth investing in that will last. That's something worth investing in because it will last. What's amazing in all of this is that we have inherited the legacy of others. I alluded to this before. The saints who have gone before us, because the saints who have gone before us invested in the word, you here and, here and now, you and I can sit and talk about it and learn from it. And uh, it's a lot closer than you think. Um, there's this great example in scripture that talks about passing on this legacy of investing in faith, investing in the word. You get it out of Second Timothy. It says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother, Lois. Do any of you have a praying grandmother? I do. You know one of those sweet little old grandmothers who prays all the time? Some of you have probably met my grandma. <laughs> she comes to church every so often. She's like this tall. And uh, she walks around and she just blesses everybody that she sees. And she is invested in the word of God. And she sends me emails. This is the reason she knows how to email, to send her family and friends uh, scripture quotations. That's what she does. And, and she's invested in the word of God. And as a result, that's, that's her legacy is, is this faith. And it's, it's, such a, it's to such a degree that, man, her legacy is something that's already being present in this world. It's passed down to her family. It's passed down to me as her grandson. It's passed into her church. It's passed into her apartment building. Everybody knows that Lynn walks and prays during the winter months. She does like the, the stairs and the every floor thing. And so she just walks and prays up and down. And if you walk out of your door at the wrong time, you're going to get prayed over. Like right there and then. It just happens. You look at your watch like, oh, no, here comes Lynn. Quick, honey, quick, quick. Oh, hi, sure, we'd love to pray and spend time with you, right? And all of a sudden, 15 minutes are gone praying, which is fantastic. It's good. It's, it's incredible. The point is this. My grandmother has invested in the Word. She has invested in, in, in a relationship with Jesus Christ, in Scripture, and she loves to talk to others about it. And her legacy will last. It's something that will go forward and impact future generations. In fact, because of my grandmother, she's a big part of the reason that I am here right now speaking with you. I am her legacy. Preaching and teaching. Sharing with you the word. It's pretty incredible. So I invite you to consider, what's your legacy? And, and, and I want to invite you to think about joining me and in investing in the Word of God. Join me. Invest with me in something that will last, something that matters. In the Word of the living, holy, and eternal God. Let's close in prayer. Jesus, we thank you for the gift of your Word. We thank you for the gift of your Son. Jesus, that you yourself would be the Word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Word that has been written and handed down, tangibly so, to us. We ask and pray that we would truly be called to invest in all aspects of the Word. That those who come after us, that our legacy would be one found in you and your word. 
So we give you thanks and praise as we turn ourselves and our lives over to you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.